0: You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You can go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4 in your Bible or on your phone, whichever one you brought with you. Um, if you did bring your physical Bible, man, I would encourage you to do so. Take advantage of these tables. Uh, while we have enough room to, to have this many tables, man, take advantage of bring, being able to bring your Bible and set it out and actually follow along. Uh, you can turn to Mark chapter 4 today. Today we're talking about this. God put something specific on my heart for 2021. We're going to talk about a fruitful heart. A fruitful heart. And you'll understand what that means here in just a second. But for me personally, I'm coming into 2021. And I've just, as I've been praying over the, the last week or so coming into this new year, I always like to spend some time with God and just ask him god what what do you what do you have for me? What should I be expecting what what's my kind of my word for the year? I like to have a word or something or a phrase for the year and I feel like what god's put on my heart is this to have joyful expectation, to have joyful expectation. I talked with our team about this a little bit earlier, but I think in twenty twenty many times our joy was tested. maybe it wasn't stolen completely, but there were moments where it was like, man I was I was uh, fighting and battling for joy, to even just have joy throughout the day. But the joy of the Lord is our strength, and joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's promised to you and to me. God wants you to have joy. It's beyond happiness. Happiness can be stolen. Joy cannot be. Though the devil will try, it it cannot be stolen. I want to have joyful expectation, expectation that God's going to do. My prayer is the miraculous. In our family, in my life personally, and in our church, the miraculous. I'm not just hoping, well, hey, 2021, God's going to do big things. Hey, God's going to do big things. That's cool. That's great. But I'm believing for the miraculous to take place. Beyond big and beyond great, the miraculous to take place in our uh, our lives personally. You know, we call Abide Church, God calls it Abide Church for, uh, he put that name on our heart. It's not just some cool name we came up with. But he called us to be Abide Church for a reason. It's because now more than ever, the church has no excuse to not be producing spiritual fruit. There's no excuse. We have more resources available, available to us today than ever before. We have more opportunity today than in a long time to represent Jesus well. There's no excuse for us not to be producing spiritual fruit. In fact, in John 15, 5, it says this. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Not a little bit, bears much fruit. He has a lot of fruit for you. For without me, I love this, he says, you can do nothing. A lot of people are striving. I would kind of be honest. A lot of Christians are striving in their life. They're doing a lot, they're busy, their schedule is full, but they're not abiding. They're visiting Jesus on Sundays, but they're not abiding in him every single day. And Jesus says, look, you can be doing a lot of work, but if you're not abiding in me, all of your work is for nothing. doesn't mean you're not just sitting at home doing nothing. No, it's for nothing. You're spinning your wheels. You're doing nothing. It's it's, it's all waste. At the end of your life, it's going to be burnt up. You're going to come into the kingdom of God, and he's going to say, man, I had so much more for you if you would have went my path instead of your own, if you would have trusted me and leaned into my word and abided in me rather than trusting your own understanding, I had so much more for you. There's no excuse for us not to have fruitfulness. What is fruitfulness? Fruitfulness, it's many different things. To boil it down to one word, it's Christ-likeness. It's to be like Jesus. But that entails a lot of things. One of the biggest things is this, the fruit of the Spirit. That's what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all of that whole list of things. What is that? It should be coming out of us. I shouldn't have hate. I shouldn't have unforgiveness. I shouldn't have, um, I, I shouldn't be worrying all the time. I should have peace. It's a promise. It's a fruit. But where does it start? I don't ask God, God, give me patience today. I don't ask for the fruit. I work on the root of the issue, which is what? I work on the tree. Where am I connected If I work on the root, the fruit will take care of itself. Many people say that. I need more patience. I need more peace today. Well, let's get back to the basics of my relationship with Jesus, seeking him and leaning into him, abiding in him, what produces those things in my life. It produces those things. The other one is this, the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. I should see the gifts of the Spirit evident in my life. I should see the miraculous taking place. I should have words of wisdom and knowledge for other people In my life, as I'm going throughout my day, I should have those things. I should see healings and the miraculous. I should see that stuff. In fact, I would say this. For our church, if we don't see these things in our church, the the fruit of the Spirit, the, the gifts of the Spirit, if we don't see these things in our church on a regular basis, we are not abiding. According to Jesus. There should be red flags and alarms going off. If we can go week in and week out and we gather together, this many believers together, and not see the miraculous and not see, not have the fruit of the Spirit ab- abundant, not have the gifts of the Spirit showing up, there should be, we should be saying, hey, something's not right. We may put on a good show up here and do a great service, but we're just a morally good club that we've become a part of. We're no different than the world. The biggest difference between the church and some club is the supernatural It's the Holy Spirit. It's His power in us, setting us free, healing, and working in and through us. And if we don't see it, we should be raising some concerns. Hey, what's going on here? Have we got our own agenda going? Let me take it a step further and make it more personal. If I don't see these things, that fruit in my life, my personal life, on a regular basis, I'm not abiding. You're not abiding. I'm just, what's what Jesus said? He said, what? You produce much fruit. Much fruit. doesn't mean I shouldn't be uh, walking out of here condemned, tail tucked between my legs. Oh, man, I'm just a horrible Christian. No, it's an exciting thing. Why? Because the potential is all in front of you. The potential is out there. Jesus says, look, if you'll abide, I have much fruit for you. If you don't, you can still live your life down here, but I can have you. You can go way up here if you'll trust me enough to lean into this relationship, me and you, above anything else. God will work in your life. He will work in your life. If you want good fruit, if you want 2021 to be the best year of your life, and I know we said that probably at the beginning of 2020, right? 2020, best year of our lives. We had no idea what was coming, but can I tell you, if you abide... No matter what comes in 2021, you build your house on the rock when you abide in him. So no matter what comes, no matter what comes next month, no matter whatever takes place, it doesn't matter. I've built my house on the rock, and when the storm comes, I stand. I have a foundation to stand, and that's the promise from God. So it can be, no matter what, even if it's worse than 2020. Come on, Jesus, hope it's not. But if it was worse than 2020, what happens? I have hope and I have peace, and I can guarantee if I abide, it'll still be the best year of my life. 2021, the best year of my life. The potential's in front of me. Let me show you from the words of Jesus how we do this in our lives. We're gonna read a passage from Mark chapter four. It's actually a parable. It's the parable of the sower. And uh, we'll read it, and then we'll dive into it really quick here. In Mark four, starting in verse three, <clears throat> I'm gonna read from the New King James. It says this. It says, listen, behold, a sower... "'Went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed "'that some of the seed fell by the wayside, "'and the birds of the air came, and they devoured it. "'Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, "'and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. "'But when the sun was up, it was scorched, "'and because it had no root, it withered away. "'And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, "'and it choked it, and it yielded no crop. "'But other seed fell on good ground.' and yielded a crop that sprang up, and it increased and produced, what, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. All right? And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right after this, the disciples, as, as the crowd kind of leaves, and the disciples are together with Jesus, they look at Jesus, and they're like, hey, remember that parable, that story that you told? Hey, we heard that, but what exactly does that mean? Which can happen sometimes, right? Have you ever read your Bible and been like, Holy Spirit, I need some help because I don't know how this applies to me. Anybody? Okay, just me? Okay, a few of us. Yeah, I've been there. And I say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Um, Always ask that question when you're reading your Bible because he breathed this thing so he can tell you what he meant when he wrote it, okay? Side note. They asked Jesus, what does it mean? Jesus then explains it. Let's pick it up. In verse 13, it says this. And he, Jesus, said to them as disciples, do you not understand this parable. How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. And afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the, the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, they accept it. And they bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Here's what Jesus is saying. The word of God is the seed that's sown. He's saying your heart is the soil of your life. So if I want spiritual fruit to be produced in my life, what does it take? The right soil. It takes my heart being soft enough, being fertile enough for the word of God to go in into what? Produce 30, 60, 100 times his promises in here. Think of that. 30, 60, 100 times. I might be getting ahead of myself and remember what's in my notes, but think of, think of that. How much of God's word am I taking in? He doesn't say well, it's going to produce one to one ratio. However much I'm allowing to come into my heart, into my spirit, the promise is 30, 60, 100 fold. So why would I not take in as much seed as I can get? But so many times it's easier. I went to church this week, checked the box. Or I caught the podcast. I didn't go in person, but I caught the podcast good. I had other things to do. Why would I not? If I want to be spiritually fruitful, I need to be consuming the right thing. Consuming the right thing. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look really quick at four, the four types of soil, or the four conditions of our heart is another way to say it, is what Jesus said. Where are we? If we're going to allow, prepare ourselves to be fruitful, we need to identify where am I? And be honest today is what I want you to do. I'm not going to have you come up and tell which one you are, but where are you? As we're going through this, the Holy Spirit's going to prompt you, have your ear listening, have your heart open to him. He's going to say, hey, this is where you need to work. First one is this, it's the wayside. The first type of soil or heart is the wayside. The wayside. Let me go back to Mark four fourteen through 15. It says, The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they, hear, when they hear, Satan comes immediately, and he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. The word of God goes out, and the devil makes it a point to steal the seed, to steal the promise quickly from their lives. He says what? In the original parable, he says the birds come immediately and they steal. You know, whenever I was growing up, we lived in a neighborhood that was out in the country, and there was like acre lots, and so it was kind of spaced out. And in this neighborhood, there was a bunch of ponds. Well, somebody got the good idea that was in charge of or built the neighborhood or in charge of the neighborhood, whatever, HOA. They thought it would be a good idea to put some ducks in the ponds. Right, My parents can testify to this. These ducks, though, were not... Um, good looking ducks, not classy ducks. They were like the ugliest ducks you've ever seen. And if you've seen this type of duck before, you know what I mean. Their face is like, it's got these, it's nasty. Okay. They look gross. And what happened was they took over. Basically there was ponds all throughout the neighborhood and these ducks took over slowly multiplying and multiplying over the years. Until eventually you'd come out on the back porch and there would be 20 or 30 ducks just in your yard, right? Just in your backyard, hanging out, and they didn't know any better because well, somebody put us here. No one's going to kill us because that's against the law maybe or something. I don't know. No one's, gonna, no one's ever messed with them before. And so they just made themselves at home. So much so that you would drive and you'd be driving and you'd be leaving the neighborhood and there'd just be a whole flock or herd of them, whatever you call it. They're coming across the road and they're taking their time. You come up, you honk the horn, you try to go fast, start, try to spook them. They don't care. They've made themselves at home. You come out, and you're in your back porch, and you're trying to get them away from the, the, the dog kennel, right? You come out, and you're kicking them, and you're looking at them like, get off of my yard. And they're looking at you like, this is my yard. Get, you get off my yard. They thought, they felt so much at home that they weren't afraid of anything or anyone coming at them. This is what Jesus is talking about. So many people have allowed sin and the devil And these worldly habits to infiltrate their life. And they haven't addressed it. And what happens? You don't address it. It multiplies. A little bit of sin here. A few weeks down the road is a lot of sin. It started somewhere. Somebody had a great idea. Let's get some ducks and really spice this neighborhood up. Well, they spiced it up, okay, real bad. That's what happens in people's lives. Sin and the devil, they become, he becomes so comfortable that he makes his home with you. And that's a scary place to be. Because as soon as you hear the truth of God's word that could set you free, that could help you win that battle in your life, what happens? Those stinking ducks come, the birds come quickly and steal. And the seed of God's word never has a chance to produce fruit. It doesn't even get planted, it says. Quickly the birds come. The wayside is hardened by sin And Satan keeps your heart dull, where a seed cannot penetrate. This is what we see in Romans 6, 16. It says this. It says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Man, (laughs) you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness and righteous living. The New King James says, you can be a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. Can I tell you, those are the only two options. How's my heart? Has the Holy Spirit been prompting me, dealing with me? But I haven't addressed it in so long that I just feel comfortable with sin that I know is opposite of God's word. I'm comfortable, but God can't work in your life when you're comfortable with sin. It'll steal the promise. It'll steal the seed every single time. Number two is this, stony ground. Second type of soil or heart condition is stony ground. Each one of these kind of builds on itself. It builds on the, the, the previous one and leads to the next one in a way. Let's read it in Mark four sixteen through 17. says this, "...these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble." They receive it with gladness. Come to church, hear God's word, listen to a podcast, and man, that's good. That was a good message. That was a great message this past weekend. They receive it with gladness. Their heart is still longing for it because their spirit longs for the truth of God's spirit. They're longing for it. They receive it with gladness. But what does it say? They have no root in themselves. This is when they hear something. I've been here before. I read something in God's word. I hear a message. And my first thought is, you know who really needs to hear this message? You know who really needs to read this verse today? My brother. Man, that guy, he needs to get his act together. Right? My boss, that guy's a jerk. That girl's a jerk. She needs to figure her stuff out, right? Like, I'm going to send this scripture. I'm going to send this message to him in hopes that they listen to it. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit's saying, You know who really needs to hear this message? You. That's why I showed it to you today. You need to hear this message. But we have no root in ourselves. And so what? I receive it. Man, that's good. But I don't let it plant in me. I deflect it to someone else. Man, that's good. No root in myself. Or I receive it with gladness, but I have no real relationship with Jesus And because I have no real relationship with Jesus, I talked to some Christians who have been struggling, and, and they've said, man, I've tried the whole Christianity thing, right? I've tried tithing, but I don't see the blessing. I've tried this, but I don't see it working out. And that's the issue. I've tried. Christianity is not something you can try. It is a covenant relationship with God. I can't try Christianity. If I I am, I'll miss out every single time. I can commit, though, to a covenant relationship with a Heavenly Father, and that's where life is. Not try in hopes. You know, uh, my son Gavin has been getting into um, Star Wars lately, and if you saw him walking around pre-service, he had that mask on. That's his, uh, he calls him Dark Vader. That's his Dark Vader mask, and so if you see him with the mask on, just assume it's Dark Vader walking around. So um, he's cool, though, right? Don't call the cops or anything. So we've been going through, and we've been watching the Star Wars. I mean, there's so many now, it's all the Star Wars movies. And there's one of the classic ones where Luke Skywalker goes, and he goes. Any Star Wars fans in the house? Okay, a few. Luke Skywalker goes, and he meets the, the Jedi Master Yoda, right? And he goes, and he's talking with Yoda, and Yoda's training him to be a Jedi, right? This, this great Jedi, And he's he's going, and Yoda gives him this speech when he's trying to get his ship out of the swamp and use the force. Yoda gives him this speech, and at one point, he says a couple key things. The first thing he says is, You have to unlearn what you have learned. Many times, people, the reason they don't have a root in themselves is because they were taught something in church that doesn't actually align with God's word. Can we be real? And someone may have said it in good heart, but over time, it became a stronghold that kept them from God's greatness for, him, for them. They have no root in themselves. And in the words of Yoda, you need to unlearn what you have learned because it's not true. That's why I have to be in God's word myself. In fact, in the New Testament, it says, well, you have no need that anyone teach you the Holy Spirit will teach you, and he'll guide you into all truth. That's why I said, if you have trouble reading your Bible, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll help you. It's a promise from God. Second thing Yoda says is this. I love that we're quoting Yoda today. Um, Yoda says, he says, do or do not. There is no try. That's how, that's how we have to approach our relationship with God. I'm not trying this thing out. I'm going to take it for a test drive, see what it can do for me. No. No do or do not, what Jesus say, hot or cold, lukewarm, makes Jesus nauseous. It makes him, according to Scripture, makes him want to vomit when we do that, when we try. We're trying. James 2.17 says this, So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead, and it's useless. I can say I have faith. You read, read, Read James this week, James 2. He, can say, he goes on and says, you can say that you have faith, and that's great. You believe in God. But he says, even the demons say they believe in God. Good for you. You believe. What are you doing about it? Right? One of the things I like to say is salvation has nothing to do with works. It's not about how good you can be so you can make it to heaven. That's what Jesus did. He did it all so you can make it to heaven. However, discipleship has everything to do with works. Salvation has nothing to do with works. Not your work discipleship has everything why because faith without works is dead it's useless so what am I doing right am I receiving with stony ground no root in myself because I have no real relationship I'm just receiving and I'm not actually acting or doing anything about it number three is this among the thorns the third one is among the thorns you guys doing okay out there good among the thorns, Mark four eighteen. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. What's he say? Temptations, the cares, the worries, the fears, the lusts of this world. It chokes out the promise of God in your life. A couple of things to address here. I'll give you a couple of quotes. I heard this quote. I can't remember where I heard it from, otherwise I would give him credit. But I love this definition of worry, the worries of this world, the cares of this world that chokes out God's word in your life. Worry is this. Worry is choosing to suck all the joy out of today for absolutely no reason at all. <laughs> I love that. Worry is choosing to suck all the joy out of today for absolutely no reason at all. Because what is worry? Worry is fear. It's fear. It's fear and you hear me say this a bunch of times, but fear and faith ask the same question. Will you believe something that hasn't happened yet? Fear and faith ask the same question. Will you believe something that hasn't happened yet? Because if I believe the lies of the devil that haven't happened yet, worry and fear will consume me. But if I believe the promises of God, even if I haven't seen them in the natural yet, what happens? My faith is built, and I will see it come to pass if I don't lose heart. That's what God's word says. The deceitfulness of riches, right? I mean, I can't pay my tithe this paycheck, but I can go out to eat five or six times, right? I, got, I have to buy that car, but because I have that car payment, it puts me in a bind where I can't pay my tithe or I can't, I can't uh, bless anyone because I don't have any margin in my budget. And so I'm locked down and Jesus can't even use me to give someone five bucks or pay for someone's gas or even be open to blessing others. Why? Because the deceitfulness of riches choked out the promise of God, when his promise is this, when you sow and when you give generously, what does he say? God loves a cheerful giver. He's looking to bless you in return. I got to take my hands off of it, though, and not be be, uh, falling into deceit of the riches of this world. The desires for other things, right? We can believe a little bit of sin, sidetracked by other things, by hobbies, lifestyle choices friends whatever it is my desire for other things what am i truly desiring is god my number one because i'll tell you this if god's not number one he's not in it at all if he's not first in it he won't be in it at all if he's not first in my finances he's not in it at all in fact he says that if he's not first in your finances your finances will be cursed Can I tell you this? 90%—I don't know why I'm getting untied— but 90% blessed with God goes way farther than what? Than 100% cursed by God. It'll work for you. So many times, God's just saying, will you try? In fact, he says, test me. Just try it. See what I will do. Do you trust me enough? See what I will do. Among the thorns is not the wayside, though. Here's where among the thorns is different. These are things that we allow to choke out the good fruit in our lives. So what happens if you have a house and you have a flower garden, right? Whenever Leslie and I moved into our new house this past, this, um, past summer, the flower garden was a mess. Like it was basically all weeds. And so I went in, I, was just, I just pulled out everything because I'm like, I just need to start fresh and start new. But what I didn't do is I didn't go in and plant, pull everything out and plant flowers and shrubs and then say, all right, that is now a flower garden. It knows what to do. I never have to touch it ever again. Right? No, because what happened? The next day, there's weeds coming up. I'm like, how? I just tilled that up like a day ago, 24 hours ago. Like, how are there weeds already coming up? This is among the thorns. God can, you can receive things from God, from his word. And it begins to produce fruit. But if I don't address these other things, what? The worries, the temptations, the cares, the lusts of this world. If I don't address those things in my life, what happens? They grow together. And eventually, if you know anything, what's going to grow faster and choke out the flowers in your garden? The weeds. So what's the best way then to weed your flower garden? Consistently. Consistently. Look at Galatians 5.24. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. That's what what we saw in Mark. What does he say? The desires of this world. The desires for more riches, the passions of this world. He says, look, that's not you anymore. If you would crucify those flanks, put put them in the grave and move forward and follow me and abide in me, what would happen? He said, I'm going to take care of you. Matthew 6, 3 says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to you. He's going to take care of the things that you're worrying about, but he can't if you're worrying about it because you're not using faith. You may be praying to God about what you're worried about, but you're praying from a position of fear rather than a position of faith. Can I tell you I've been there? Man, something happens unexpected. Why am I praying? What's my motivation to go pray? Fear. I'm afraid of what might happen. Rather than I've been growing, I have a f- strong foundation because when everything was good in my life, I built the foundation. So when the storm came, my motivation was faith, not fear. Does that make sense? So many times, and I'm, obviously I'm not against praying when, when crisis happens. That's what I'm talking about. I'm saying so many times, I didn't do the work when everything was good. And so, the only reason I went to God is because I was afraid of what was going to happen. No, I'm going to build my foundation when the sun's shining. And so, when the storm comes, I'm good to go. Can't be phased, can't get knocked down. Um, So many times, I'll leave you with this. Among the thorns, another one is this. We can get in a routine of church and Christianity. Well, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible. Yet, though I'm doing the good things, I'm still choosing to give into lust and to live in fear and to let worry consume my life and anxiety and all these things. I'm allowing the worldly stuff to still be in my life when I'm doing the godly stuff. And I get in this routine, and I only do this stuff because it makes me feel better. Well, I'm going to church. I'm reading my Bible. I started serving on the A-team. I'm doing these things. But we are almost putting our faith in the routine Jesus, I haven't missed church all year. Why is this happening to me? We put our faith in the routine rather than in Jesus, the person of Jesus. Jesus doesn't want your routine Christianity. He just wants you. Let me show you. Matthew 7, 21 through 24. This may sound harsh, but it's Jesus, so let's let's read it. Not everyone who says to me, this is Jesus, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I, Jesus, will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Right? Let's make this modern we meet Jesus. Jesus, I went to church in your name, right? I I had community group. I I served. uh, I volunteered at church in your name. I did all the right things. He doesn't want your routine. What's he say? I never knew you. Have you been open enough with Jesus for him to know you? Have you taken off the mask in your quiet time when you're in his word and just said, Jesus, this is me, and I just need your help. I need your help. I need to change. Have you even been open to change while you read his word? Because if not, I can get in this routine, and I can feel good because I'm doing the right things. But Jesus gives a strong warning. He says, look, you can say all that, but if I'm really, he says, if I'm really your Lord, what does he say? You will do the will of my Father in heaven. It's what James said. Faith without works is dead. What am I doing about it? Number four is this, good ground. As we wrap up here, good ground. This is where we, this is the goal, right? This is where we need to be and this is where we need to stay no matter what comes. Mark four twenty, But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60 And some 100. Those who hear the word, they accept it and they keep it. They keep it moving forward. How do we keep our hearts in good ground, fertile soil? I have to hear God's word. I have to receive it, right? If I'm not taking in God's word, I'm not feeding my spirit. What happens when you go without food? Your body gets hungry, right? Probably hungry right now because service is running long. How's your spirit? When's the last time you fed your spirit? Not from church, not Pastor Dan feeding your spirit. When's the last time you fed your spirit? How's your spirit? Hungry? I got to feed it. I need to take in God's word. I need mean, put my phone aside, turn off my Netflix or whatever. I got to turn it off so I can receive more of him intentionally. Accept it. The word accept means this, to take upon oneself, to acknowledge as one's own. It's mine. This book is mine. I believe it's mine. I I confess that it's mine. It comes out of my mouth. It, It dwells in my mind. I meditate on it day and night. This is my daily bread. This is my living water. That's what it means. I accept it. What? God's word above any word. I don't care what's going on. This thing, I cherish it more than anything. I make it one's own. It's mine. I need to act on it. I gotta keep it. Live it out. What did Yoda say? Do or do not. There is no try. I'm not gonna try it this week. No. Go and do and watch God work in your life. If you want to be spiritually, spiritually fruitful, it's up to you. Jesus says, whoever hears my word and does it, he builds his house on the rock. Hears and does, builds his house on the rock. Hearing God's word is good. Doing and acting on God's word is even better. Hearing his word is good. Acting and doing his word is even better. John fifteen eight it says this, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. How do I know if I'm a disciple? You produce much fruit not a little much fruit this brings great glory to my father much fruit so what did jesus show us right 2021 potentials ahead of us how do we make 2021 the best year of our lives no matter what it throws at us how do we do it jesus said look it's condition of your heart your heart is the soil of your life where are you today are you in the wayside has the devil made his home in, with you, sin with you, stinking ducks walking around everywhere, and you just got used to them. Time to get rid of them, okay? It's time to get rid of the ducks. You in the stony ground? You're trying, but you're not committed. Are you among the thorns, stuck in the routine Christianity, but still kind of hanging on to the cares of this world and letting it choke out God's promise? Are you in the good ground? Are you hearing? Are you accepting? Are you acting on it. Good soul produces 30, 60, even 100 times the promises of God patience, wisdom, love, joy, favor, peace, kindness, confidence, purpose, healing, the promises of God 30, 60, 100 times in your life. What Jesus shows us without having to say it is this one out of every four bear fruit. So will you be the one? out of every four. One out of every four will. Will you take the challenge and will you be the one? Here's the reflection questions today is this, and I've already said them, but what good fruit are you lacking? Number one, what do you need in your life? What promise do you need fulfilled? Is it confidence? Is it healing? Is it provision? What is it? Number two, which of the four soils best describes your heart? This is a good one to get alone with Holy Spirit and ask Him. Here's your action step. Refresh your soil. Refresh the soul of your heart with prayer and with fasting this week. I'm going to ask everyone that calls Abide Church your church to fast one, this whole week, this whole next week. And as I'm saying, fast. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit's already revealed to you what you need to fast. For some of you, it may be food. It may be a meal. It may be sweets. It may be a certain drink. For some of you, it may be hey, I'm gonna, I need to fast. Um, I need to do a complete fast. I need to fast and just do liquids only. I'm not going to tell you what to fast, but I'm going to ask you to commit. Will you commit as a church for one week to fast and to pray? What does that do? It's just like tilling the soil and aerating and fertilizing the soil of your heart. It gets it ready and soft as we spend time with God for him to produce fruit. I have to do my part though. I got to prepare the soil. Prayer and fasting this week. I'm going to leave you with one This is in Ezekiel, and he's prophesying, and this is God speaking, and this is the promise from God at salvation. He says this, I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. At salvation, what happens? What happens? God knows the root of the issue is the heart. And so he comes in, he says, give me that heart of stone, the wayside, the stony ground where it has no potential for fruit. And let me give you a new spirit. That's what he wants for you. So if you're in here today, here in just a second, we're gonna take a a moment. We're gonna sing one last song as we wrap up. As we do that, I'm gonna have some prayer partners on these back walls right over here and right over here. If today you need that soft heart, You need to recommit your life to Christ, or maybe you need to do it for the first time. I'm gonna have people ready to pray with you and to lead you in that so that you can receive this, so you can start to produce that fruit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for guiding us and directing us. I thank you that your promise is that you wanna produce fruit in our lives. Help us prepare our hearts for the best year ever. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help in Jesus' name to go above and beyond in our lives to help us prepare for what you want to do. 2021 isn't our year. God, 2021 is your year. And we're just honored to be a part of it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.